Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Everybody and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two pieces of media, like a book or a movie or a TV show, and then smash it right into another book or movie or TV show. Yeah. And and then see where the mashes happen. See where that crossover... <laughs> crossover Appeal. See yeah. where the mashes happen. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> The, the phrase that's sweeping the nation. It's true. I wish this was October again, because then it could be a monster mash. <gasps> oh my gosh. I think I talked in our Halloween episode about how I love Halloween songs. I think Maybe? so, but I don't know that we made a monster mash I don't know if we joke. did. Yeah. I, Any, like... I prefer Halloween songs to Christmas songs. Yeah. That was an opportunity to be really left on the well, table. Well, next year. Yeah, keep we're... on looking for Halloween 2017, True. my friends. Get ready for it. We'll really have a have our Halloween jokes ready yeah. to go by then. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, what are we talking about today? Today, we are mashing up Firefly and Clue the Movie. Hey, Cluvy. Cluvy. As they called it Clu-hoo-vy in its day. in Sweden. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Who the Cluvy Clue? Yeah. Uh, and Firefly, of course, made by Joss Whedon of Buffy the Vumpersler. Buffy the Vumpersler. <laughs> <laughs> that great Swedish TV show. Yeah, which is uh, what we decided that the Swedish Buffy yeah. would be. Um, yeah. Uh, so Nordic. So very, so very Nordic. Nordic. But let's get a little less Nordic and a little more spacey yeah. for this episode. Annie, why don't you tell us about Firefly? Uh, so Firefly was a Western slash sci-fi TV series about a spaceship crew of miscreants. Uh, it was created and produced by Joss Whedon, who also made Buffy. The show lasted one season, R.I.P. But they did make a movie that kind of rounded out the ideas that Whedon wanted to follow through throughout the series. Um, and we're not going to go into Serenity, the movie, today, because that's going to be a topic for some other future episode. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Um, but I will say that I feel like the Serenity, the movie, kind of rounds out the experience pretty well, considering yeah. the show, again, lasted only, I think it's like 12 episodes yeah. or something. It feels very conclusive. It does. Um, but the show stands really well on its own. Uh, It follows Serenity. This is a Firefly-class spaceship captained by Malcolm Reynolds. Uh, Mal and his first officer, Zoe, were on the losing side of a space civil war. Now they, along with the rest of the Serenity crew, fly around the edges of space smuggling goods and mostly doing other illegal work. Um, Does it ever say in the series how far in the future they are? I don't think it gives a particular date, but we know that... I think Mal says Earth got used up, so yeah. probably in about five years. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you, you know, know, at the current but, rate. Exactly. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, Earth is destroyed. There is a kind of, n- there are new planets that were like terraformed, mm-hmm. which is a sciencey term that I think gets yeah. thrown, out, thrown around a lot. Um, and there are these central planets who are more developed. They have like modern technology mm-hmm. and then the outer planets that are more like the, you know, the, the wild west. Basically. Free range. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're still forming. They don't have many resources. Well, I guess free range would actually just mean that they were allowed to wander outside of a pen. 
That's true. As little, but it, it could only be for like a few minutes a day, and you could still call it free range. It's true. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the rules are really very loose. sketchy. Loosey goosey. Yeah, those planets are still very anemic. Yeah, they are. <laughs> really. Except the ones made out of iron. They're doing okay. Oh. I don't know. I was just thinking of the mutters. They have a tough. I know, right? Yeah. Literally. Oh. Um, so back to the actual plot of Surrender. <laughs> oh, Firefly. Holy. Um, early in the series, uh, the Firefly crew picks up um, Simon, who's a doctor, and he is smuggling his sister River, who is held captive by the governmental alliance as a weapon slash medical experiment. Simon, Simon and River are from a fancy city family and generally at odds with Mal's core beliefs of t- toughness and independence and the Browncoat Rebellion. So the show follows the Serenity crew as they go to different planets, interact with different people, come up against the Alliance, and come together as a little space family. A little space family. Oh, I love that. So characters are Captain Malcolm Mal Reynolds, uh, played by Nathan Fillion. He's like the Luke Danes of space captains. Yes. Right? No, but like, you know, kind of gruff, but you love him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, totally. And he, you know, maybe doesn't shave all the time. Mm -hmm. He does talk very fast. Yeah, well, not not so as fast. fast, not as not, fast, not Gilmore Girls fast, but, but I think faster Luke than normal. Also, generally, didn't talk as fast as the Gilmore Girls. That is true. Um, so I stand by my assessment. Yeah, totally. Uh, there's Zoe Washburn, played by the awesome Gina Torres. She is the second in command, tough and capable and smart. There is Wash Washburn, played by Alan Tudyk, who is Zoe's husband and pilot of the Serenity and adorable goober. He has dinosaur toys. He has dinosaur toys. Curse your sudden trail. There you go. I'm tired, guys. Um, it's going to be a very, quote, heavy episode, I think. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just lots of good one-liners in both of these. Um, there's Inara, played by Marina um, Baccarin. I hope I'm saying her last name right. She is a companion, which is like a cross between a geisha and a sex worker. Um, in the Firefly universe, companions are legit and like a sought-after kind of work. Mm-hmm. And she's on board because she needs travel, and then she gives the crew a sense of legitimacy. So they can do their illegal work while having her as like a cover. Yeah, she has like political clout. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is Jane Cobb, played by Adam Baldwin. He is a mercenary and tough guy and the person who's like most on the fringes of the crew. There's Kaylee, played by Jewel State, who is the ship's engineer. She is an adorable cinnamon roll. So perfect. So perfect. Jewel State, I love you. Mm-hmm. Then there is Shepard Book, played by Ron Glass, who is a pastor with a past. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and he and Mal butt heads um, about religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so some themes of the show are uh, community and commitment. Uh, Mal is kind of cynical from losing the rebellion, which makes him think he's like a man apart. But he comes to see that he cares deeply about his crew and wants to help them. And like for him, kind of crew trumps anything. Like mm-hmm. I was rewatching one episode recently and he he is, again, like not real best buddies with Simon and River and feels like he they put his crew at risk a lot. And they're, again, like fancy city people. He doesn't understand them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he will defend them any day of the week. Yeah, it's about that insular community. Exactly. It's like you world. stand with your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and going along with that, if there's the theme of good and law. And sometimes what's right isn't what's legal. And sometimes what's legal isn't what's right. Um, so they are doing illegal work, but they are ultimately good people. Yeah. Um, and they are protecting River, who, again, was this kind of science experiment for the government. 
um, which again was legal, but so super wrong. Yeah, and it's it sort of gets at that Wild West trope of like yeah. the government is this imposition because it's from a so such a different existence. Yeah, like it does that... not understand how you live at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't care. Yeah, um, and in Serenity, we see that they make some real bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, keep watching, guys. Um, and again, space is the new frontier here. Yeah. This really is the giant mashup of the Western genre and the sci-fi genre. And I feel like it works really well, which is one thing that I really like and I think other people will like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just, if you like Westerns, you'll like this. If you like sci-fi, you'll like this. If you don't like either of them, this might not be your show. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe, you, maybe you'll like the weird third thing hybrid yeah. that it becomes. Yeah, it's kind of steampunky in yeah. that way. I feel like if you engage in any sort of geek media, there's something in Firefly for you. Yeah. Um, And, you know, if you like Joss Whedon's writing, you're going to like this. There's lots of quips. Absolutely. Lots of humor. Lots of heart. Um, There's this great cast of characters. Um, It's a group you want to spend time with, which I find really important in TV shows. Like, I can't can't remember. God. It might have been Joss Whedon, actually, talking about, you know, developing – character and kind of like the the dinner scene scenario where it's like if you can put your characters around a table and just have them talking Mm -hmm. like they should still be engaging yeah it's Um, like the library scenes in Buffy the table the study group scenes in community yeah exactly you just want to have a group of characters that you find dynamic and I mean the actors have an energy and a chemistry together Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it's just for TV you're going to show up week after week after week Or, you know, minute after minute, if you're like me, going on Netflix binges. Um, But yeah, you just want to have this group that you want to return to. Um, And Firefly is totally one of that. Absolutely. Um, And it's a show that really hits its stride in season one. Like, I think a lot of shows take a little while to find their footing, Um, even Buffy included. Mm -hmm. Like... I love the first season, but it's it's kind of dorky. And, I mean, the production values are never exactly quite there because it was the WB. But I feel like then in, you know, season two and three, it really hit its stride, where I think yeah. Firefly kind of gets it right out of the gate. And yeah. you just know and love these people. Especially considering that the network really didn't know what to do with it. Right. And so he was making this show in a pretty hostile environment. Yeah. But I think that there's something about the strength of that port of Westerns onto sci-fi that is just really clean and successful. Like it's all the same kind of argument and the same kind of story. So he could really hit the ground running with it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And again, it's just a fantastic cast. They have great chemistry Mm -hmm. um, and you want to spend time with them. So go spend some time with them. Yeah. Go get them. Yeah. Um, Uh, Speaking of great casts and great chemistry, tell us about Clue. Yeah. If there is one thing that I would love to see the cast of Firefly do, it's play a game of Clue. Oh, I would watch that. That's a Um, great like coffee shop AU scenario oh it really is just sitting there all cozy like yeah in like a board game coffee shop yeah opening envelopes yeah um yeah uh, so clue is a 1985 mystery farce directed by jonathan lynn and written by he and john landis um this was sort of the john landis era of comedy films um it was the first movie ever made to be based on a board game um and unlike movies recently like battleship and ouija at ouija Ouija. I always say Ouija. Yeah, sure. Ouija. Um, It doesn't deserve an accurate pronunciation if you don't say it Ouija. Um, Unlike those movies, it does not take the fact that it's based on a board game lightly. 
and then try to rework it into a concept that feels uh, familiar to people. It goes all in on being a stupid board game movie. It is like, yes, we are going to literally have a scene where Tim Curry tells everyone that what they are trying to do is find out who killed him and where and with what. Like, they get as many references to the game into this movie as possible. I feel like it almost feels like they got a bunch of fun actors to do sketch comedy and they were mm-hmm. like what okay someone in the audience give us a thing in a room yeah and someone just shouted clue and they were like great we're going for it yeah i mean in the same way that a good board game is really just an excuse to hang out around a table with people who you enjoy this movie uses the board game clue as an excuse to get a lot of really great performers in a room together and just watch them go to town um it is sort of as the board game is structured around old Agatha Christie style uh, murder house scenarios uh, and mysteries, and it has a lot of fun playing into those uh, genre trappings. It's also very committed to being set during the McCarthyist Red Scare era in the 50s. Like that plays a surprising uh, amount of uh, into the backstories and situations of the characters and a lot of the humor as well, because after all, communism is just a red herring. Um, hi the basic synopsis is the basic synopsis of the board game Clue. Uh, Mr. Body, who's a rich guy, has invited a group of strangers to his mansion for a dinner party. Uh, in the movie, the party is overseen by his butler, Wadsworth, who is one of the few major characters added in from the board game. Um, when everybody is gathered, Mr. Body reveals that he has been blackmailing them. Uh, there are some machinations that ensue that put a lot of weapons into play, and then the lights go off, and when they come back on, Mr. Body is dead in the middle of the room. Oh, no. Um, all the characters are trapped in the house. It is locked. It's rainy and gross outside. Gross. It's bad outside. <laughs> and they could be in the house with a murderer, so they all have to figure out who killed Mr. Body and where and with what. Um, in doing so, they make, again, ample references to the game that this movie is based on. They go through the billiards room in the conservatory. They find secret passageways. Uh, they pass around the weapons like the lead pipe and the rope and all of that. Um, and through it all, it is just a joke-a-minute yuck fest. I think it's just a total farcical. Uh, the filmmakers are throwing everything they can at this, fi- at this movie. Uh, slapstick, verbal humor, puns so many puns uh and just comic force of nature uh like all of the actors um in the end uh, of the movie you get to the marketing gimmick that was potentially single-handedly responsible for sinking this movie's theatrical run it was actually a pretty notorious flop when Mm -hmm. it first came out and then became a cult following i mean i guess it's the kind of thing where you're like if we're gonna go see a movie about a board game yeah you think well again i mean look at the recent movies based on board games you're like that sounds terrible yeah and i think it again it relies all on this cast yeah and i think that this movie uh took one step too far into the realm of making a movie about a board game by coming up with the conceit that there were a number of different endings to it each one having a different person having committed the murder and when they did the theatrical release they only showed one ending per screening 
So you would go and you would see the ending where Wadsworth did it, or you would see the ending where everybody did it, or you would see any of the number of different endings, but you wouldn't get them all. And so the idea of the gimmick was, oh, you have to go back multiple times in order to see it, but it's just kind of a fun, frothy, stupid comedy. So it's not the kind of movie that people were like burning to go see again as soon as they saw it. And it also, uh, some of the endings are funnier than the others. And so people didn't want to take a chance and the movie ended up flopping and i wonder i mean could it's not like they were saying clue ending two no they were just saying you don't know which ending you're gonna get so yeah you could be like i saw the same ending four times right why would i do this to myself yeah so it really ended up being a gimmick that kind of stabbed the movie uh in the back or shot it shot it in the foot or hit it with a lead pipe yeah hung it with a rope or wow what are the other weapons Um, poisoned it well i don't don't know if there is poison there's i don't think so rope revolver lead pipe candlestick knife knife clubbed it with a candlestick there we go yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go from there yeah um but yeah it uh, there's a lot of bludgeoning implements in clue i guess because it's not necessarily a, a planned crime it's a i get that's true and is what, it, what would that be murder in like, the second degree oh i don't know but i guess manslaughter like you, you can I mean? shoot stab or hit somebody it's not like one of them is like a dog that was sicked on mr <laughs> body or acid yeah it's or, gotta be household or just or like um those Heart fatal disease. the fatal final destination movies oh yeah the Rube Goldberg setups yeah yeah and like you're trapped in a um tanning bed mm-hmm. it turns out that the billiard room did it in the billiard room with the billiard room wow did it just collapse in on itself well you know I'm sure the balls like, were involved somehow there was a lot of tripping and tripping complex they were tripping balls they were tripping balls. <laughs> I oh. Well, it took us a while to get there, folks, but we did it, and now this podcast You're is complete. Welcome. Farewell, America. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it did hurt the movie in video releases and DVD releases and Blu-ray and and whatever hollow video releases. Um, I do love a good hollow video. Yeah, just the clue, clue the immersive 3D experience. Ooh, that would be fun, actually. I would totally do that. Oh, I would play um, Clue with Tim Curry. Yeah, but they they oh, ordered all of the fun. endings in a way that builds much more comedically and makes the movie feel like they figure out a smart way to have all of the endings all at once um, or one after the other and still make it feel like a single film. And so it found very quickly a pretty heavy cult following because everything else in this movie works so well. And it's great for rewatching. Um, characters in the movie, uh, Wadsworth the butler, played by Tim Curry, being just as Tim Curry Star as Tim Curry can be. stage and screen ordering, and my heart. Ordering a cheese pizza. <laughs> Uh, We have uh, Professor Plum, played by Christopher Lloyd. Uh, He's a professor of psychiatry who has a philandering problem. Uh, Mrs. Peacock, Eileen Brennan, who's the wife of a crooked senator and sort of a society matron. Miss Scarlet, played by Leslie Ann Warren, who's the owner of the largest escort service in D.C. She is a D.C. madam. Um, Fun fact, this role was apparently supposed to be Carrie Fisher. Man, Um, did she pass on it? She was in rehab a few days before. Oh, wow. This was during Carrie Fisher's rougher stretch. Oh, it's okay, um, Carrie. And so Leslie Ann Warren came in with only a few days' notice and does a great job. Yeah. Um, colonel Mustard, played by Martin Mull, who's a colonel uh, with a dark past, um, sort of a bumbling idiot kind of figure. Mrs. White, played by Madeline Kahn, who's just one she's of Madeline the greatest Kahn. performances of all time. Yeah, like she's Madeline Kahn. That's her character, and she's amazing oh. at it. 
She's so good. Flames on the side of her face. Oh, yeah. There is a moment where she improvises a monologue about being angry that has become the single epitome, biggest epitome of that feeling of rage. That It's just a great gift. Go look blind. it up. Flames yeah, on the side of my face. It blinds you with rage. It's, oh, oh, she's wonderful. And, like, let's take a moment for Madeline Kahn, who's just one of the greatest comedic performers of all time. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, and then Mr. Green, played by Michael McKean, who's fine. His character is supposed to be sort of the straight man. Um, the joke of that being that there's a running gag throughout the film where everybody assumes that he's gay. It's one of the more uh, regretfully 80s elements of the whole movie. Um, they're just It's a runner that's sort of awkward and weird now. Mm. Um, but for the most part, everything holds up. And then there's a bunch of disposable extras because you can't get all of these people in a room and then kill them off one by one. Um, You've got Mr. Body, Yvette the Maid, the cook, the cop, and especially the singing telegram girl. Oh, yeah. Um, The filmmakers are obviously having fun every moment of this movie, especially or as evidenced by the fact that Mr. Body uh, was played by the lead singer of the punk band Fear and was cast largely because his name was Lee Ving, L-E-E-V-I-N-G, so that Mr. Body was leaving. Um, They even had a pun in their casting call, you guys. This is how deep the thing went. Um, Which leads me to the fun stuff and the themes. Um, The fun stuff of this movie is this movie. Uh, It is so desperate for a laugh in the best way. It's so firmly committed to having a gag every minute, um, and it's really, really good at those gags. Uh, Jokes, quips, one-liners, slapstick. It employs everything as it just throws all of this joke spaghetti against the wall and waits for any of it to stick. Um, It has a very sort of Borscht Belt, Sid Caesar, Mel Brooksian kind of feel. Um, In the modern day, I would say it feels most like an Edgar Wright movie, although the style is way less frenetic, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's in that same saturation of comedy. I feel like I could see Edgar Wright doing like a similar weird mashup mm-hmm. situation where it's like, I'm going to make a movie out of a bunch of dinner rolls. Yeah. And it's going to be a cult classic. Yeah. And, and people would be like, how do you even do that? And he'd be like, like this. Yeah. And then it would happen and it would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie has a little more patience than movies now, I think, in how it sets up jokes. Like it's a lot more of like you see the machinery of the jokes cranking. There's a lot of very obvious setup lines that then have great punchlines to them. So all is forgiven. Um, other thing to love, the performances, like we said, all of these actors are more or less playing themselves or their own extreme comic persona and they are so good at it that it's wonderful. Um, they just play off of each other What great. They all know what they're there to do and they do it to the best of their ability. Um, the quotes, so many quotes, it's so quotable, it's why it's so rewatchable. Um, communism was just a red herring, look at what happened to the cook, two corpses, everything's fine, and to make a long story short, too late. Um, it just keeps going and uh, there's so many really fun, wonderful moments. I find that uh, every time I've watched this movie with someone who hasn't seen it before, there's at least one joke that like makes them love the movie. And then every time you go back and rewatch it, you start finding all the other jokes that you like as well. But there's usually like one that cracks it open. For me, it was the singing telegram um, mm. in the first time that I was watching it. Um, thematically, it's just about fun. I mean, it's in the same way of a board game. It's like the fun you can have with a really simple premise and a lot of fun people. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it feels very much like improv or sketch comedy where it's yeah. just like, we're just here for a good time. Exactly. Um, and it also is fun to play in that sort of really purposeful stylization and genre anachronism. Um, 
And it's still pretty good hearted, which is nice. It's never really mean to, about yeah. its premise. I mean, it's not, it doesn't like love its characters or anything. Yeah, but it's, it's not like a, it's again, like definitely not like a slasher movie. No, like, it's silly. It's, it's very silly. It's goofy. And yeah, you're not like, man, I can't wait till they kill whoever. Yeah. And yeah, it's not scary. It's just like you're playing a game of Clue. Yeah, it's like you're playing, it is as, exactly as threatening as the board game yes. Clue. Um, so yeah, uh, it's really delightful and you should check it out. Um, but once you've checked both of these things out, we should talk about how you can then check them out together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thematic crossover. I feel like there's a genre thing between both yeah, of these. Yeah, I feel like it's more structural crossover than mm-hmm. thematic crossover, um, in that both of these are like initially unsuccessful mm-hmm. attempts to you know try out a different kind of format yeah it's like board game movie western sci-fi tv show yeah and you know the studios were not exactly rooting for them right. but they found their cult classic status yeah. among the fans it's like the meta narrative of these items yeah. is very similar oh exactly and like um, wonderful casts with great chemistry lots of fun quotes yeah i think and i do think they work as interesting studies in different styles of comedy um in a lot of on a surface level i think they're very similar in that the comedy is very language-based yeah. and very structural yeah it's a lot of like structured jokes and payoffs and setups like joss whedon writes set up punchline yeah. deliveries um but i think that Whedon's writing, especially in Firefly, the humor comes as much, if not more, from the characters and the sort of people that he's built in a situation. Like, I think there's there's an irascibility to Jane that's always going to rub up against yes. the situation. Yeah. Or and, Mal is always going to be wrestling with his better self and, and that's going to stop him. Yeah, and he and, and Zoe can banter back and forth, but yeah. in a in a very, like solid way where he and Wash banter back and forth in a more goofy way. Yeah. And Zoe and Wash joke around in a loving way. Yeah. Like it's all it comes out of the character. Whereas Clue I feel like has a much more unified style of comedy yes. and it's just total slapstick. And, and these characters are archetypes. They are from yeah. a board game. They're right. not looking at them as kind of deep humans. Yeah. It doesn't matter what their backstories yeah. are because only if it's a joke. Exactly. Only if you can find a good joke out of it. It's really um yeah, I feel like it's a fun study in the different ways that comedy can live on screen even when it is as based in the writing as it is yeah Um, there's nothing uh cinematically stylized about clue other than like the set design it's not like the camera movements are really revolutionary or anything it's a pretty straightforward film and i feel like joss whedon does some cool stuff as a director but it's still based in the dialogue and based in the characters um, so yeah, I think those are where I see the themes kind of meeting up. Oh, with one totally. Um, but how about the physical crossover? How do these worlds collide? I mean, I'm thinking that the world of Clue exists mm-hmm. on one of these kind of terraformed planets, mm-hmm. um, and it's maybe not a deep alliance planet because mm-hmm. it's still a little old timey looking, but yeah. not not quite western old timey right they've had a little time to develop yeah so they're like a middle planet maybe they were like a boom town that busted yes <laughs> there are a lot of like new money mm-hmm. gone wrong oh sad nouveau riche. yeah sorry mr body <laughs> um and i'm thinking that the the serenity crew gets pulled in mm-hmm. to you know do do a job maybe they they're robbing mr body yeah maybe. they're robbing mr body um and they are caught up now in this murder yeah um and they they need to make sure that they can clear themselves while also avoiding um 
being taken in for for murder and getting their their pay back to whoever has hired them. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I also so I was thinking, I want to take it one step further. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all been dead the whole time. Oh my god, what? Um, I think okay, so Firefly crew is buzzing around and they're flying and they you know they go and and there's always a fun twist to the planets they land on. You know, they find a new planet where they're going to do a job and there's things are not quite what they seem. Um, so I think that this is a world where our world has existed, obviously, uh-huh. you know, Firefly, that's yep. in the past. So I think they find a world populated by people who have built up a complex religious belief system around the board game Clue. Like the Simpsons play? Uh, yes, exactly like Mr. Burns. Okay. But... Their expression of this complicated belief system based on a found version of the game Clue, which was the only relic of a past uh-huh. white world that they found, is the enacting of a ritualistic murder once a oh, year. Oh, wow. So like blood um, for the blood gods. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That they need to satisfy the gods through the playing out of the stereotype. So I That's think... That's actually kind of like... Um... The Cabin in the Woods, another Joss Whedon invention. Yeah, that's true, actually. So I think the Firefly crew lands and gets wrapped (laughs) up, and I think they have to... Pull or play out this ritual, part perhaps by taking on the personas so of, one of the eternal Mr. Green, Mrs. the White. eternal Mrs. Peacock, yeah. the eternal Mrs. So White. Is it like um, the lottery in which people are selected and have to play it out? So, like, let's say your population is five five hundred. Uh huh. Do you know? Se- I can't. However many of them, seven, eight of them. Yeah. Get pulled, and it's like one of you will. Die. It's like Hunger Games, yeah, except only one person dies. Yeah, and it's like they or they they pull in outsiders and they force yeah. them to go through. So yeah, well, like that's you know true. they get caught like, in a tractor beam oh, or something. So the, or they were like, oh hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna hire some crew who again they're all bad guys. Yeah. Who cares if we kill them? Right. Blood for the blood gods. Right. Oh, and they you know what they stage it to make it seem like they're gonna go rob Mister Body. Like they're get, they, oh, they've put out yeah. word of Mr. Body as this rich uh, mover and shaker who's associated with the Alliance. Yeah. So it's equally as tempting. The crew shows up. They get to the mansion. The lights flash off. And then they come up and Ooh. there is like a peacock hat and uh, a pair of glasses. And on each chair, there's one of those pieces of costume and also a murder implement. Now, I love that idea, but it does just cancel out the original Clue cast. That is true. But may- maybe they are people who have played this before. Yeah, they're survivors. They're, they're survivors. They're and living in the and walls it, of the I'm, house. I'm making this like a triple crossover with the Hunger Games where uh-huh. it's like they're like the Hamish where it's like I've survived mm. as the butler and I'm going to teach you how to be the butler and you oh, will survive. Yeah. I was the best butler. I was the best butler. Or or they are a, maybe a previous year's sacrifice that managed to survive and they've been like living in the walls of the house or something. Are they like ghosts? No, they're they're there. They're just like they. How haven't. did they survive? I don't know. They did it. They did. I'm gonna haymitch them. All right, fine. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Tim Curry to be my butler coach. That's true. But he would be a good butler coach. Um, so I think for, I mean, the games we can certainly talk about, but I think first it's important to establish who is what persona. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Know, who I think is that's, assuming. I let's say that's almost like best buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, all right. How so many people do we have in you the count Clue universe? Yeah, you count Firefly. I'll okay. count Clue. We've got so we've got Professor Plum, Mrs. Peacock, Miss Scarlet, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, and Mr. Green. Six. Oh, okay, we've got seven in the Firefly universe. Okay, well we need a Mr. Body. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Smarmy oh. blackmailman. 
Um, so no, well, in our universe, Mr. Body is a is the red herring. Oh, that's true. Just like um, communism. Maybe someone can be the singing telegram. Yeah, girl. there we go. I think I think uh, Kaylee would be a great singing yes. telegram or uh. River. <laughs> Oh, River, you could kill them all. No, you know what? I would say, okay, I'm going to say River, Mrs. White. Um, she's got which, secret, and, uh, Madeline Kahn. Yes. She's got secret she's deep got, wells of rage. Yes, she's got rage flames on the side of her face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to have Inara as um, the DC madam. Oh, yeah. Miss Scarlet. Miss Scarlet. Yeah, I mean, that seems, Obvious. that's an easy port. Oh, die, Annie. That's like, in the episode when this is happening, everybody is like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah and oh, they just yeah, turn yeah. and she's like, what? <laughs> it's a real job, guys. Yeah. Um, then I will go ahead and say Wash is Mr. Green. He's kind of goofy. And people but, think he might be gay. I mean, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that he's just like... He's sort of solid. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm going to say that um, Shepherd Book is Professor Plum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Older, a little wacky. Yeah, a little wacky. Um, and I just like Christopher Lloyd and um, Ron Glass. I yeah. feel like they have a, I don't know, weird, like a weirdly similar look. Yeah, they're, I like that. They're, they've got good kind of older dude yeah. Oh, and they're okay. I, okay, I've got a twofer for this one. But it's important. It's gonna. It's is it okay if I do two? Yes. Okay. I, but I can reject I, them. If yes, I you want. can veto. Yes. But what I'm gonna say is that Jane and Mal get assigned to be Wadsworth and Colonel Mustard, respectively, and they are both really unhappy about it. Or I think especially Mal, because I think Mal wants to be the leader. And so yes. Jane is like, no, I get to be the leader. I'm Wadsworth the butler. And and Mal <laughs> is really mad that he's the bumbling colonel. Yeah, but he's but it's like you were in, like in a rebellion. You yeah. know military. You were the military. Yeah. And so like he's really, really hung up on being a bumbling idiot. And Jane is like living it up as the puppet master butler. I could see that. Yeah. yeah because I think that would leave us with Zoe as Mrs. Peacock. Mm-hmm. And I think she would just be like, oh, get me out of here. Yeah, she would be a fun, like, not having it. And, yes. like, Mrs. Peacock, Eileen Brennan would be trying to, like, get her to be flightier and daffier. And yes. she would just be like, She'd uh-uh, be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, not even. Yeah. And then Simon would be, this thing you can tell, or would be, uh. Oh, wait. Where are we? I feel like we might have miscounted. Maybe. Because. Well, I think that's no, a solid. No, there were. That's a, I mean, I think, like, oh. it's a solid assignment for everybody. White and Mr. Green. We got Miss Scarlet. Are we missing people? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. I don't know. Simon's the cop. Oh, Simon. You yeah. can be a singing telegram person. Yeah. Or like the the cook or something. Yeah. Anyway. You're fine, Simon. I think it's more important that the cast that we have named be the cast that we have named. Yes. And then, you know, the extras get folded in. They're having they have to rescue everybody. Oh, Simon and Kaylee get stuck having to rescue everybody. And so they get Aww. to bond off oh, on the side. Oh, and they go kiss. Yeah, yeah, they get to kiss a little. Yeah. So there, there Good we job, go. Guys. We did it. We casted Clue Fly. Yes. Fire Clue. Fire Clue. <laughs> I really want this spinoff with the candlestick. Oh no! Oh yeah, and they only have bludgeoning weapons. Jane won't be happy about that. No, exactly. That'd but, be great if Jane was like, "But I can just, I want my gun. I want it. I want the revolver. The I want revolver. a gun." Yeah, and Zoe has it, and she's not giving it up. For yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel like that's a very fun crossover. Yeah. And a new spin on an old gimmick. Um, I don't know where I was going with yeah. that, but it felt like an advertising a new, slogan. A new spin on an old game. Yeah. New... Oh, an old game 
of Clue. Oh, oh you, you can teach an old dog new games? <laughs> I don't think you can teach dogs any games. I think dogs would be bad yes, at Clue. Yes, they can. No, they, you can teach them games. Annie, they would eat the pieces. Bodo and I play games. We play, play Run After been, the Hedgy. You've been playing Clue with we Bodo? We play Hedgy, <laughs> where I throw the Hedgy and he gets it and then runs around. And then yeah. I get it back and I throw it again. Yeah, but I don't think he fully appreciates the nuance. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. Are there any games that we do want to play here? Uh, um, oh, yeah. I mean, I think let's say again that was Best Buddies, basically. Okay. Um, how about a a Battle Dome? Okay. Because I feel like especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Who who are they gonna fight? And I mean, I, I think Zoe and Miss Peacock are yeah, at odds oh, totally. with one um, And I can see Mal and Wadsworth. Oh yeah, going head to head because again, mm-hmm. they're both like, "I'm leading the ship." Yeah, and Jane's like, and "No, Jane's you're like, not. No, I'm I'm <laughs> Butler." Yeah. Mr. Butler. I gotta wear a fancy hat. <laughs> he is going to wear his Jane hat yep. as the butler. Um, yeah, I think like that's a good battle dome. Um, I think everybody else would get along for the most part. Yeah, and I think, you know, learn how to, to work together to escape this terrible... The murder house. Murder house, yeah. Yeah, man. The murder house ritual. Man. A bunch of people in robes outside chanting. Yeah. That'd be oh. weird. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, kiss your faces. I feel like Clue is a, despite there being like a DC madam and a lot of gay panic jokes, uh, not a lot of gay panic jokes, but no, they're but made in a not, very low cut BCA. It's a very chaste movie. Yeah, it's not a sexualized universe. Yeah, it's a very like Benny Hill style sexuality and frankly, of like, oh, the maid's boobs are big. Most of the Firefly cast is kind of paired up in some way in a yeah. way that I don't want to mess with. Yeah, we don't want to get anybody messed up there. Yeah. So no, no. Not today, kiss your well, faces. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, the board game AU of Firefly. Yeah, exactly. Somehow this... mixed with Hunger Games and Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, and a little bit of Shirley Jackson's The Lottery in there, yes. too. <laughs> we're just pulling in all the deep cut exactly. crossovers Exactly, this is, yeah, we're going to make like a, a, like a real tight center crossover, well, teeny little bit. Well, if people want to find a find some more things to pull into this crossover universe mishmash, monster mash, uh, Annie, where what should they check out if they liked Firefly? Um, so I've got some recommendations for more space fun, um, one of which is Battlestar Galactica, which we talked about in our first episode. And this is like our third recommendation of it, too. Because it's so yeah, good! It's, you guys, it crosses over with so much. And it's a sci-fi crossover of itself. Uh, mm-hmm. itself. It's sci-fi and military. Mm-hmm. genre hey which is why i totally claimed it was not sci-fi for a long time oh man i'm glad you lost that battle. i did um there is also cowboy bebop which is an anime about space bounty hunters and as another sci-fi western mashup so mm-hmm. i feel like if if real if that genre mashup is your thing these are yeah. the two shows that you need to watch. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop is great. I uh, The first episode of that I ever watched was a very trippy episode where they all get killed by a thing from oh, the refrigerator. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. But then I watched the rest and it's very I good. I looked it up recently and apparently it's from ni- like the, the series I think started in 1998. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was so long ago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. Yeah, we're old people. So old, old guys. Old, old people. 
Um, if you are looking for some books, I would recommend Cinder by Marissa Meyer about a cyborg Cinderella. Ooh. And I think Cinder and Kaylee would be buds. Cool. Um, I'd also recommend the Chaos Walking series by Patrick Ness about a planet where men's thoughts are audible. Um, and it's got this new frontier Western vibe and deals with toxic masculinity and isolation like Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Feed by M.T. Anderson, which I feel like is what's going on for the teens in the central alliance planets ah. just real messy messed up stuff with your brain and yeah. technology that is really overrun and invented when it probably shouldn't be mm-hmm. um and then if you are looking for a real great group of awesome sci-fi characters you should watch rogue one because it's one. the greatest group of sci-fi characters oh, Riz and Ahmed. cast oh my god riz ahmed and diego luna Oh my god, I just love all of them. Like yeah. I watched it, I rewatched it yesterday, and I was like, I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and I cry. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and then for more Joss Whedon, watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is one of the defining texts of Young Annie's life. Oh, Young Annie. Young Annie. Oh my god, I was on ground floor of Buffy. And I was like 13 at the time, and it was perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, also, now you, there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for that kind of team as a family, not always getting along yeah. vibe. Yeah, I would say stick with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. through the first season. Um, yeah, like the first season, I was like, eh, this is fine. But you they, really do need to see it as a setup. You can't just like skip to season two. Yeah, they spent a lot of time waiting for the Marvel movies to catch up to the reveal that they wanted to make. And yeah. then it got really and, like, interesting. The character, like, this is, again, where the it takes a while for the characters to really become who they are. Mm-hmm. And the first season, I just spent a lot of time being like, I don't really care about you. Yeah. But, of course, now I'm like, I care very deeply about all of you, especially Melinda May. Oh, Melinda May. <sighs> You're awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, how about Clue? Um, so, yeah, for Clue, uh, so there's a number of sort of farcical takes on the Agatha Christie murder house genre, uh, Murder by Death, which was written by Neil Simon, um, and the Radioland Murderers, which are the Radioland Murders, which was written by George Lucas. Um, Weird. I know. We've got a George Lucas crossover going in our yeah, recommendations. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, man. They're best friends. Best friends. Um, neither of these are as successful as Clue or as lasting, and I'm fairly sure if i remember properly that uh they have a little bit more problematic 80s comedy-ish stuff in them uh but they're pretty funny um so check them out if you brace yourself first um why not read some agatha christie you guys uh and then there were none is really good but i also like all the hercule poirot books um i will tell you the thing that my detective literature class teacher in high school told me which is one of the them. butler did it oh no what spoilers oh i'm sorry uh but there is one of them where the narrator of the book is the killer and you just got to go read them to find Hercule find out which one Paro is one the of the killer? no it's a, he's not the narrator oh, okay. he's just a, a figure he's, who oh, pops okay. up in them um but yeah so it's a really fun structural one it happened to be the first one i ever picked up so i was like oh, boom latent detective nailed sense it. nailed it um but yeah it's uh they're they're a lot of fun apparently the, there are 39 of them yeah there's a lot and like that's just for the paro books that's not- just how good i am or how I had good a one at, in thirty nine shot, and I nailed I guess that it. Christie is that she wrote a ton of books. I I mean, oh no, but I, I mean knew how she good wrote I am a at bunch, finding murders. But I was like, wow, girl. Yeah. Uh huh. Here. I'm so I'm awesome. 
at murders. <laughs> at finding out murders. Uh-huh. Um, for more movies that have a farcical approach to everything, um, Airplane is just a classic. Um, it's a different genre. It is basically a remake of a, a disaster film. Uh, it is almost like a shot-for-shot remake of a classic disaster film, but with jokes thrown in every five seconds. Uh, oh, it's it's so funny. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing it when I was probably too young to get most of it, mm-hmm. but like the Girl Scouts fighting at the bar cracks me up every time. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Um, similarly, Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks movie. Oh, I think also with Madeline Kahn. I know. Also with Madeline Kahn, I think Mel Brooks's best film, um, one of the best comedies ever made. Um, yeah, I would I would actually go with that. Yeah, Blazing yeah. Saddles is great but too many farts that's true and he's not a fan of the fart jokes i'm just saying <laughs> i don't think we need them on film yeah but uh young frankenstein is um is pretty much perfect um the princess bride if you want a gentler sort of Aww. ribbing of genre yeah. and uh and takes um and then in theater um the plays of neil simon i mean neil simon writes in this setup joke delivery style uh lost in yonkers is a good one that has a pretty touching heart to it as well uh barefoot Bright, in the park Brighton beach memoirs Brighton beach, yeah oh, Brighton beach feels. memoirs yeah he gets a lot of heart into it while also writing in a very um sid caesar kind of uh Wacky, structure yeah. yeah um and then uh michael frayne's noises off is probably the best farce ever written at least the best modern farce for sure um it's both a play and a movie starring christopher reeve among other people um yeah. that has a similar approach to clue of just like getting a whole bunch of people in a room together who are funny but the writing in noises off is so tight and so brilliant it's really good slapstick farce um and then in the modern day there are actually a number of theater artists who are starting to play around in farce a little bit more um lila rose captelin uh just did an adaptation of tartuffe's or of moliere's tartuffe uh called home of the brave a couple years ago which was super fun and silly i'm I'm a goober and i did not realize that that was an adaptation it was an adaptation oh my god secret adaptation i was just enjoying it straight up so there you go now there are layers Mm -hmm. and then uh i know last season i did not get a chance to see it but christopher diaz the playwright had a farce called the upstairs concierge that's um, a good title. Yeah, it really is. And he is the writer of the, the elaborate entrance of Chad Deity, a play Ooh. that we have recommended Aww. earlier. So I felt like I had to get a drop in there for I that. I totally did not put the two together. Yeah. Well, well done, sir. Making all sorts of connections. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's fun that like people are starting to think about farce in a way that also moves it a little bit past the uh, very sort of often over-sexualized or over-misogynistic tropes yeah. of it, of like the Benny Hill, I'm going to chase a buxom woman thing around. I think people yeah. are getting and a sense for, for how to write like farcical rhythms and engage in that genre in a way that is new and exciting and cool. Yeah, and and again, uses other genre mashups and, yeah. and has fun with it while also being smart. Exactly. So uh, yeah, check all that stuff out. Why don't you? Um, and if you want to check out some more stuff, specifically some stuff related to this podcast, uh, you can go to our website at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. If you have other ideas for future episodes or you have some thoughts about who you would sacrifice to the clue blood gods, mm-hmm. um, you can email us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can visit it on our visit us on our Facebook page, which is Crossover Appeal Podcast. Um, we were a day late in getting today's episode up because Annie ran the marathon earlier this Yay! week and did a really great job. But It was as, a Monday and we forgot that the day following it was, was Tuesday and not Monday. Days are hard when you've run over 20 it's miles. so tiring. Um, but in recompense, we posted a bunch of pictures of Bodo, our dog, to 
the Facebook page. So He's you'll want to be on the Facebook page for that, if nothing else. Um, and yeah, how about Twitter, Annie? So if you are on Twitter, you can also find a picture of Bodo. Um, we are at Crossover Appeal. And we also do polls, like our recent one about what, which Indiana Jones movie was the best, yeah. which the people have spoken. It is The Last Crusade. The people were very wrong. The people have chosen wisely. Oh, God. Yay! You've been waiting all week to make that joke. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in you, Twitter. Um, well, no, I, I made that joke on Twitter. Oh, no, I'm just disappointed in their decision. Oh, Okay. In the people's decision. I thought you were disappointed in that I didn't break that out earlier. And I was like, I broke that out first thing when I won. <laughs> Instantaneously. Instantaneously. Um, but yeah. Uh, and if you want to hear future episodes, which you absolutely should, because they're going to be great. Yeah. Uh, you can subscribe to Crossover Appeal on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or any other podcast delivery mechanisms. And if you do that, please, please, please go in and leave us a rating. Um, we don't do any advertising for this because we don't make any money off of it we're just doing it for fun i mean if you want to so, pay us to talk about your products sure yeah that'd be awesome send us whatever yeah we'll do it yeah um but in the meantime I, i'd we, sell out so fast <laughs> but we also really only have word of mouth as our advertising for this so yeah. get the word out tell yeah. some friends and leave some ratings we'll love you forever yeah um tell us who you would be in the game of clue yeah are you a professor plum or a mr green or a miss peacock yeah or, or wadsworth Oh my gosh. Are Everybody you, wants to be a Wadsworth. I mean, who doesn't want to be Tim Curry mm -hmm. with those legs? <laughs> Tell me that's not true. And on that <laughs> leggy note. Uh, Wink. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap up for the night, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, until two weeks from now, this or I guess 13 days from now. Um, dun, dun, dun. Ba -ba -bom, uh, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 